Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is Holiday Leftovers, Part 7, Forgiveness, recorded Sunday, December 17th, 2023. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here's Parker with today's message. Well, hey, good morning. My name is Parker. I'm glad to have you here. We have almost 100 people joining us online, so we're just going to do something fun. We're all going to tell them howdy, okay? On the count of three, say it right into my microphone. One, two, three, howdy, okay. And just one, like if it's just a little one on the screen, that means that's just like one living room. That could be five people in there too. So whether you're in Chicago or St. Paul or whatever, welcome. We're glad you're a part of uh, this morning. If this is your first time here, or you got dragged along, or you just tried church today on a whim, um, welcome. We're so glad you're here. You fit right in. There's no expectation for you to be perfect to be here today, and so you can just relax, just chill. And if you've been here a thousand times, welcome back. It's good to be a family. It's really good to have you. So I'll kick off. I, I don't mean to brag, but I can drive a school bus, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's a big deal. Like any time I open my wallet and someone's gonna, you know, look at the ID or whatever, and they see the CDL, I'm like, yeah, I'm big time. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I get to drive really big cars. Yeah, I uh, I drive bus for Connect. If you don't know, we have an after-school program here called Connect. So, kids K through fifth have an incredible opportunity to be known, valued, and loved every day after school. We bus them here from their schools. And they get to do cool things like worship Wednesdays and serve projects and have fun and hang out and and hear about Jesus. It's really incredible. My brother uh, is the director of that program, and every kid thinks I'm my brother. (laughs) Everybody thinks I'm Clayton. I got kids running up to me going, Clayton! And I'm like, I'm not who you think I am, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like, you're hugging a stranger. Uh, I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure every single kid in that ministry thinks the rest of us church staff work for Clayton. <laughs> I think we all would, and I'm fine with that. Uh, Becca and Clayton do an incredible job with, with that ministry. So anyways, I, I drive bus for Connect now, uh, once or twice a week. And so I, I would go and I'm picking up these kids. And there's a first and a second of two first grade boys. And I, we get on the bus, and they're sharing words. They're sharing some words, and one starts crying, okay? So I go back there. Let's call them Tyler and Jimmy. And I separate the two. I go, Jimmy, you go to the front of the bus. And Tyler, I will be back to settle things with you. That's what I said to him, and I walk to the front. So I go to Jimmy, and I go, Jimmy, hey. And he's like, he's always mean. He's always always he says. I would go, Jimmy. And he, he's told me, and he's saying that. Jimmy, Jimmy, look at me. Look at me, dude. And he's pretty upset. Like, he, you know, he's got, he's like for real. I go, look at me. Do you trust me that I will take care of it? I will settle this. He won't get away with it. But he, no, listen to me. Trust me, I will take care of it. We will get it settled. It will be finished. You good? And he goes, yeah. I go, okay, just relax, hang out. And so I go back to the front of the bus, and I can see in the mirror like he's starting to hang out and play with his friends again. Okay, so we get back to the church, I pull in. I've called Tyler to the front of the bus. Tyler comes to the front of the bus, and we settle things. We have a conversation. We settle it. And I give him some options of what we're going to do moving forward. And he chooses, I'm going to apologize to Jimmy's face. And I say, you have chosen wisely. And he looks at me like that. I go, never mind. Get Jimmy. <laughs> Get Jimmy. Get Jimmy up here. So Jimmy comes up here. And, and Tyler, I'm like, Tyler, you need to say sorry. He says, sorry. Jimmy's like, 
I forgive you. Okay, so I go, Jimmy, now, it takes two to tango, and you said some words too, didn't you? He goes, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, you need to say sorry too. Okay, I'm sorry, yeah, I forgive you. I go, listen, boys, it's a dog-eat-dog world out there, okay? You got to have each other's backs. You guys are more alike than you are different. And Jimmy goes, yeah, because we're both really strong. (laughs) I go, right. That is exactly what we're talking about. That's exactly why you're up here. Okay, glad we're all on the same page. Now, you guys go play. And so they get off the bus, and they, they you know, run off, and I can hear them talking about, about going and playing outside maybe today. That's great. It's awesome when two kids, you know, forgive each other and move on. Now, was that the highest win of my week? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like that was it. You teachers and you care providers that deal with kids like that on a minute-to-minute basis all day long, God bless you. That's amazing. I'm hanging my hat on that one, calling it a day. That's it. That's the win. That's the win. We're talking about forgiveness today. And it's a little different as adults. Like, I, I love these moments where kids get to settle things, but as adults, it seems like there's just more complications sometimes. And in this series, Holiday Leftovers... It's all about what we're leaving behind at Christmas time with our friends and our families. Like, what's the feeling? What's the flavor that we're leaving behind when we leave? Like, do we leave and they go, man, that guy is such a judgmental, stubborn jerk. Or she gossips so hard that I could not trust her with a single piece of information. Or I can't believe that they brought that up again just to pound it into the dirt and make me feel awful again. Are they feeling that? Or are they feeling love when we leave? Are they feeling forgiveness? And I'm not going to pretend like it's always easy to forgive. I'm not going to make forgiveness cheap. But it is necessary. It's necessary for you to get your life back. It's that big of a deal. So we're going to read two chunks of Scripture together. The first is our series Scripture. This is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. I want you all to read out loud with me. I'll go slow. You can follow my lead. You can do this if you're online too, in your car, in your living room. Let's do it all together. Here we go. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Beautiful. Good job. So there's the peace. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love keeps no record of wrongs. It releases wrongs that are done. Okay. Now I want to read the Lord's Prayer together. This is a a prayer, an example of a prayer that Jesus gave us in the Gospels. And we're going to use the NIV debtors version. So heads up. I know that can mess up some people. Okay. So you're going to read this one with me too. Way to be on my team. I really appreciate you. Okay. Matthew 6. Here we go. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Read this part too. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's Jesus talking. 
It's crazy how much forgiveness is baked into this short prayer that he gives us an example of with that short explanation there at the end. Forgiveness is one of the exchange currencies that you have in your relationship with God, really. Forgive our debts, God, as we forgive our debtors. God is releasing us from what we owe him while we release people who owe us something. It's necessary, and it can be difficult. This is Tim Mackey of the Bible Project. He's a Bible genius, and he says this about forgiveness. It's very difficult. (laughs) That's the whole slide. There's no more quote. That's it. (laughs) He said it. I couldn't wait to use that slide. (laughs) Okay, so let's look at Jesus himself teaching on his expectation for forgiveness. This is Matthew 18. You're off the hook. You can just follow along this time, okay? You don't have to read it. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. This is hyperbole. He's basically saying the number doesn't matter. He could say a kabajillion times, okay? You're going to have to forgive over and over and over again. And then he goes and he tells us a story. This is maybe what it looks like in real life, okay? Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold, this would have been close to $6 billion, okay? $6 billion was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. And at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I'll pay back everything. And the servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. That's a big deal. Six billion dollars, and he said, you can walk free. But when the servant went out and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, this would have been close to ten thousand dollars, so we got six billion, ten thousand, okay. He grabbed him and began to choke him, and he said, pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And his fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, using the exact same words that the servant used with the king earlier, be patient with me, I will pay it back, but he refused. Instead, he went off and had that man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged, and they went to tell their master everything that happened. And then the master called in the servant and said, You wicked person. You wicked servant. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servants just as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owes. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. That's Jesus talking. Again, you see this expectation of forgiveness from Jesus, the one who forgives you, the king who forgives the $6 billion of debt to the servant. The most striking thing to me in this story is that because of the servant's unforgiveness, the servant is then tortured and imprisoned because of that unforgiveness. And it's true. Jesus is warning us. Unforgiveness is a prison. Unforgiveness is torture. Tim Keller mentions that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. And not only that, but we become our unforgiveness. 
Here's an excerpt from Lewis Smedes. I know a man of 70 who says he was once chased out of a promised retirement bonus 15 years ago. He knows for sure who did it. It was the new vice president in charge of personnel, and everyone who has spent more than 15 minutes with him has heard the story. Every tax driver who has driven him more than two miles knows it. The postman knows it. The woman at the checkout counter knows it. His rage has become his very being. He has become his bitterness. He breathes it, he sleeps with it, and will probably die in it. In fact, he may die of it. The poison has splattered his organs, and an ulcer now bleeds in the lining of his once healthy stomach. He has waited too long. If he now forgave the man, listen to this, he would not even know who he was. He could still do it, and maybe he will, but his postponements have made it dreadfully hard. Poison. Prison. Torture. Is that you? Have you become your unforgiveness? Drinking poison, hoping the other person dies? The best we got to offer from our Western American wisdom on forgiveness is just trying to forget it. Forgive and forget. How's that going for you? If your only method of forgiveness is forgetting, there's no wonder it's the last thing you think about before you fall asleep and it's the first thing you think about when you wake up and it stirs you in the night and it distracts you at traffic lights. All you have to do is see their car or drive by that house or see that name. How's forgetting going for you? Some people try so hard to forget and they can't, so they just keep running, moving from school to school, job to job, city to city, state to state, friend to friend, relationship to relationship, and they cannot get away from it. It has them in its grip because it's in you. The problem goes wherever you go because it's in you. And the location of that is the forgiveness that Jesus is talking about, not forgetting, but something deep within you that only his power, only his gospel can heal and release you from. So what is forgiveness then? If forgiveness isn't about forgetting, what is it? Well, let's start with what it's not. This is from Lewis Smedes too. Forgiveness is not ignoring or forgetting. Forgiveness is not condoning or excusing. Forgiveness is not tolerating or allowing further abuse. Forgiveness is not things going back to the way that they were. Forgiveness is not the offender escaping consequences or justice. So what is it then? Forgiveness is all about releasing. Forgiveness is all about releasing. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That means God is not collecting on what you owe him. And that means you are not collecting on what other people owe you. Release us from our six billion that we owe God while we release the 10,000 that other people owe us. 
withholding forgiveness or not forgiving until you get payback or revenge is not the forgiveness that Jesus is talking about here. Because you might actually get payback or revenge and it still burns within you. This still acknowledges the hurt, though. Acknowledges the wrong done instead of forgetting or trying to forget. It makes a move back towards freedom instead of the prison, torture, and poison of unforgiveness. Forgiveness is about releasing. And how could you do that? How could they receive so much mercy? How could I give so much mercy? Well, you just take two seconds and you think about the six billion that God has released you from. You're red-handed. Deserving the full punishment of your sin. The wage of sin is death, Scripture says. Yeah, maybe not death to your living life right now, but death to your innocence. Death to your trustworthiness. Death to your conscience. Oh, it'll bring death. Back in the garden, the serpent said, you won't certainly die. God says, if you eat this fruit, you'll die. You won't die. Okay, yeah, you won't die right now. But there will be death. And you're probably feeling some of it. You take two seconds and you just remember what God has or is willing to release you from. Think about the things you've done. Really. Think about the things that only God knows. Now look at me. Come back to me. God has or is willing to release you from what you owe him for those things. And not only that, he wants to adopt you into his family. He wants to make you a son and a daughter of God. He doesn't want to just collect on what you owe him. He's releasing you from what you owe him. And then he's making you his own. That's good news for us all. You just remember the six billion the next time you want to collect on a 10,000 infraction. You must forgive like you've been forgiven. You must release like you've been released. Now we got to deal with something. It would be wonderful if all that we ever had to forgive was infractions of 10,000. What about the debt we are owed that is way more than 10,000? What if it's more than a snide comment or a jerk move? What if it's years of abuse? Hmm. What if it's something that almost wrecked your life? What if it's something that only God knows? What if that person is too dangerous to face? What if that person's dead and gone? What if that person may never say they are sorry for what they have done? Good question. In order for this morning to be more than a fluff pep talk, we got to go there. God has to go there. God wants to go there to rescue you, to set you free from prison and poison and torture. Do you see? I'm going to show you something that helped me through some of my worst days. 
Romans chapter 12 became my marching orders. There was no other option. I didn't give myself another option. And I had to believe it with all the strength that I had left in my spirit. Maybe you do too. Romans 12. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, you can't control other people, but if it depends on you, you live at peace with everybody. Here it is. Do not take revenge, my dear friends. But you leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to repay. I will avenge, says the Lord. And on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I read this for the first time, and sometimes like, it's just the way my brain works. Like I see things as movie scenes. I read this for the first time, and I imagine this moment where I'm sitting in a room, and I'm sitting across from the person who's wounded me, and I can just barely look at him. And I can't get any words out, and all of a sudden the front door opens. And my heavenly father walks in. And he goes, Parker, I've seen everything that has been done to you. And I have not forgotten it. You go to your room. I will deal with this. I will settle this. You go play. Look at me. You have a very protective Heavenly Father who knows all the wrong that's been done to you and he has not forgotten it. And he will repay. He will settle it. Release it to him and he'll take care of it. And you go play. You go live your life. You have a very protective Heavenly Father. God is saying... You just release it to me, and I will finish it. Rest in the Father's hands. Just like lean into the fact that your heavenly Father holds you in that and sees you in that and knows everything about it, and he hasn't forgotten it, and someone will pay. And leave the rest in the Father's hands. Just let him take it. His judgment's way better than yours, and his wrath is way better than yours. And he's a very protective Heavenly Father. Forgive and release. And go live your life. He'll finish it. I promise. Now, I want to enter in a, into a time of prayer. I feel like sometimes you get smacked with these moments that you need to have with God, and then you've got to fit it in sometimes between, like, running to Sam's Club and making lunch for your kids, you know? So, like, let's just do it right now. So, I just want to enter this moment of prayer. If you just bow your head and close your eyes, you're safe here. Your Heavenly Father is here. And maybe you pray all the time. Maybe you haven't prayed in years. Maybe you've never prayed before. Every one of you is safe in the Father's hands.
Now take a moment to release. Maybe it's something simple that you've been holding on to. An unnecessary poison in your life, release it. You don't have to forget it. That's why Jesus is saying this has to happen 77, seven times, seven whatever times. Because it's not about forgetting it, it's about when it comes up, you release it back into the Father's hands. Put it in your Heavenly Father's hands to settle it. Maybe it's something or someone you cannot face and you won't. It's not even safe for you to release it. It's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. And maybe you've never received God's forgiveness. Maybe you've not been released from your sin that brings death. The power of the gospel is that Jesus took on the death that you deserved on the cross. That God, your heavenly Father, would freely release you from your debt as you place your trust and faith in Jesus. As Lord and Savior, he is the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. In this moment, this is for you. Ask to receive Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior. Trust that he will take care of it. Tell God you're ready to receive his forgiveness. And I feel like we get in these moments and we feel like we gotta have 100% faith to make it work and that's not the gospel. If it was all about how much faith you could have, do you think Jesus would die on a cross? Yeah, okay, you got 30% trust right now. God will take it. He's saying, let me show you what I can do with 30%. Okay, you got 50%. Give it to me. Let me see what I can do with that. Release it into God's hands. Invite Jesus into your heart and say, Jesus, let's see what you can do. That was my prayer as a 21-year-old sitting in the community center of a Las Vegas, Nevada, and I said, Jesus, show me what you can do. Let's see it. If you are who you say you are, let's see it. That's all I had. Maybe that's all you have too. Amen. Now we're gonna move into communion. And just take your time. Don't feel like you gotta like stand up right away. Don't feel like you gotta move right away. You, this is between you and God, okay? Remember the power when you take communion. Remember the power of the cross for us being released from what we owe. To live a new life to glorify God, not to glorify yourself. And to follow Jesus into eternity in heaven. That's what communion is about. Receiving Jesus into your heart. Receiving the sacrifice and forgiveness and release of Jesus. That's what this moment is. A father walked into the room and, she, and said, you come with me, son. You don't belong here anymore. Isn't that God? Isn't that you? Make sure that you swing by out in the plaza today. 
and say hi to these guys and uh, bless them, pray with them. Make sure you give to Hope Unlimited to release their debt so that they can do whatever God wants them to do up there on the reservation. It's important. Now, I come bearing questions once more. Ask these and answer these to yourself. Am I harsh? Do I have to win? Am I self-centered? Do I have a short fuse? Am I cynical? Now be honest with these. And remember, God is willing to release you from the debt you owe and the mistakes you've made when you put your faith and trust in Jesus. It's okay if you messed up again. Like you saw those questions last week and you're here sitting again and you're going, that one, that one, that one. God releases you from that and you take that love unlimited and you make that the fuel in your tank for grace and mercy and love that flows from your life. Rest in the Father's hands. He holds you. He holds you. And leave the rest in the Father's hands. Release it. Go live your life. Go play. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11.30 a.m. in Grand Island and at 10, 15 a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Call us at 308-384-5038 or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.